This is the St. Louis Podcast Network. You know, I can get used to this. Yeah. Podcasting in the park. You know, we got people out here. We're in Lindenwood Park recording, and there's like nine or ten kickball games going on around us. And it's a beautiful day out. You couldn't ask for better weather. I'm just happy to be alive and be here. Well, you're pretty simple. You're pretty easy to please. I am pretty easy you're to easy, please. You're easy to please. I'm going to crack this beard now that we're out here. <laughs> now he's going to start to complain. There we go. Now that he's loosening up. It's a good day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, there's people, there's families out here with their kids because there is a, a nice breeze, not a cloud in the sky, and almost zero humidity. Remember a couple weeks ago when we were talking about like... How bad was, the weather was? How it's bad never the gonna weather be spring? was? It's yeah. never going to happen. We thought we were just dead in the water. It's going to be 25 for the rest of our lives. <laughs> You're right. I, I thought it literally have, would not stop. We being have cold. now doomed us to eternal winter. No. Starting I, tomorrow. It's terrible. Terrible. Uh, you are listening to the Last Man Up podcast, part of the St. Louis Podcast Network. Matt Berger, Clay Byersdorfer, and Andy Hanselman alongside. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Berger. You can follow Clay at Ton of Clayton. And you can follow Andy at Emo6. Uh, joining us later will be the host of the Nothing But Knicks podcast, which is part of the Gotham Sports Network. And everybody's favorite New Yorker, Andrew Claudio, will be joining us if you listen to uh, that 590 show. And why didn't you listen to every minute of that award-winning <laughs> I mean, program? You should have been. <laughs> if, you're any, if you have any worth as a human being, thank you, you should have been listening to that 590 thank show. You, thank you for that. If you listen to this show, you should have been listening to 590. It's just yes, almost, you should have. It's almost a direct crossover. It's, well, I mean, you're, you're, gonna, you're not going to get too much from me. I don't have a whole lot of range. <laughs> this is it. I'm not going to uh, do any. I can't really do anything else. We're glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Andrew yeah. Claudio, if you listen to that 590 show, you're familiar with Andrew Claudio. He knows a lot about the NBA, and he's a, he's a funny guy. So really looking forward to talking about the NBA playoffs with him. The NBA playoffs have been, have been exciting. They've been a lot of fun to watch. Banana land. But we all kind of know how it's going to end. I mean, it, it, at first when, you know, they were losing, and I'll say they, as in Cavaliers were losing to the Pacers, I was just like, all right, LeBron's done, LeBron's done. And then, you know, they end that he pulls that off. And then he goes out and hits that crap last night from, you know, like his, the left his, baseline. His, yeah, his second game-winning shot in the playoffs and, and the buzzers so and far. And is completely season. dominating the entire country of Canada. Yes. Not just the basket. He's literally crushing the souls of an entire well, I, nation. I forgot who the announcer was. It might have been Ian Eagle or Kevin Harland. It was some announcer from TNT saying that Toronto was now LeBronto. So <laughs> it is no longer Toronto, Canada. It is now LeBronto, Canada. Well, it's buying into the fact that oh, my personal belief that Canadian people are soft. Watching that basketball. You think Canadian people are soft? I think they're soft. I've never heard that. Other than, other I, than, I heard they're polite. Uh, exactly. You're too polite. Oh, I'm so sorry. So <laughs> exactly, sorry. you apologize for everything. Okay, well, the country that invented hockey can't be too soft. Well, uh, hockey players, hockey players, but I'm saying the general population of Canada is soft, and we're seeing it on display with the Toronto Raptors. Hey, some guy thinks we're celebrities. He took our picture. Took a, took a picture yeah. of us. Sir, that picture's worth nothing. Just yeah, so you know. Just so you, hey, brother, that picture's not worth anything. We're we're nobody important. <laughs> 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 Oh, well, thank, uh, you. Well, thank you. Thank cool. you very much. Appreciate it. You can find our podcast at stlpodcast.com. Give so us a know. listen. Tag stlpodcast.com. stlpodcast.com. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but Andrew Claudio will be joining us here probably in about half an hour. We'll be talking over the NBA with him. But we need to get to more pressing matters at hand. 
Uh, at the time of this recording, Yadier Molina is going to be out a month after his horrific injury yesterday. They are not going to say it in the press, but you and I were kind of talking about it before we started uh, recording this. So we, we, are, we are recklessly speculating. Ball watch 2018. <laughs> <laughs> but we are. We are officially on ball watch. He, he ruptured a testicle yesterday. I mean, and that is that's horrifying if you're a guy. Mm-hmm. Say it, uh, say it again. It, you're, that's horrifying if you're a guy. Yep. And I think that the reason why he had the operation last night is they're probably trying to save it. Um, like I said, I am recklessly speculating. I have no inside information. I am not a doctor, nor do I play one on this podcast. Yes. Yeah, the, uh, yeah because the paper said it was a, it, it was like an, an abnormal hematoma. Yeah. With like a huge bruise. A huge bruise. Yeah, but you don't have surgery for a huge bruise. No, not no. like immediately after the injury happened. That usually doesn't happen. I'm just sitting here honestly thinking about how bad that actually had to hurt. Oh, my like God. Well, enti- I mean, his he, entire, you could tell. His entire life was flashing before his eyes, and I think to myself, what if I did not have a testicle? That actually happened to someone I kind of sort of know. He, when he was a kid, he uh, uh, was riding his bike, and he wrecked his bike, and he kind of went off his seat and went onto that crossbar Ugh. really hard. It ended up losing a testicle, and he had to have a prosthetic. It's a scary thought. Yeah, it I will, is. I will say, though, that Yadier Molina will do more with one testicle than I will ever do with two. That, that goes without saying. Yes. <laughs> but um, now we're so – I mean, I guess the silver lining is we will get to see Carson Kelly hopefully more here for the next, you know, four to six weeks. Now, the Cardinals, with the Cardinals training staff is saying four weeks, I'm thinking is going to be more like six because we kind of know how they are about judging injuries. They're not exactly the best. So they're saying like uh, at least four weeks. I'm going to say probably maybe plan for five or so six. Six weeks is the six weeks is the middle of June, around. Yeah. Correct. So like June fifth between like June fifteenth and like or say like June seventeenth to June twenty third. He he, he should be there. back before the All Star break. That's, should be back. My, I would. My thought was they were going. He was going to be out until the All Star break. I would pro- if I if I'm the Cardinals and yeah. you have your twenty million, which make a year eighteen million a year, sixteen seven fifty something like that. Yeah. yeah. You keep him on the bench after the All-Star yeah. break. Well, it, what do you, think, what's it going to hurt you? And I think a lot of it is depends on how the team is playing. Yep. Right now they're playing well. I mean, they're 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 in the mix of the Central Division. But I mean, Yadier Molina was a big part of that. Big, huge he part was. of it. Huge part of it. But you have to see kind of like where the team is at the time that you're speculating for him to return and how well Carson Kelly's playing. The, if Carson Kelly and Pena are both playing well, there's no there's no need in my opinion to rush him back, especially from something like this. The Cardinals, the fans, and the media need to see Carson Kelly on a regular basis. I agree. To see what's going to happen. It was never going to happen while, while Yachty's healthy because he wasn't going to allow it. He just, he's like, no, that's, no. That, that's my spot. You, you, don't, you don't get to just come in and take my spot. And so that was one of those things we've talked about before with Yachty being where, where I felt Yachty was kind of not good in the clubhouse. In that kind of situation where he's getting older which, and not allowing the younger guys to come in there and take his place. Which which is kind of funny when you think about who he replaced whenever right. he came up with the organization. Exactly. The, cur- the current sitting the, manager. The current manager. Cur- turned out okay, okay for him. <laughs> turned out, well, yeah, turned out really well. <laughs> but it is kind of funny when you think about that. How he's just so protective of, of his position, which I understand. You know, you want to, but you have a four year deal where you're going to make all this money. And, you know, I, there, there, there's going to have to be a replacement at some point. You're going to have to see him play. And now that we get to see Carson Kelly play on a regular basis, 
is not a bad thing. I, I get like where Yachty's coming from. I understand and I don't understand. His legacy with this organization is cemented. It's cemented. There's oh, going to sure. there's going to be a bronze statue of Yachty or Molina out front of Bush Stadium. It's only a matter of when, not yes. if. It's only going to be a matter of when. Yep. I think he goes into the Hall of Fame. I know this could be something they're probably going to be talking about probably quite a bit now on ESPN tonight. The game uh, this Sunday tonight, uh, right. Game Three of the Chicago of the Cardinals and Cubs is going to be the national broadcast. What of is ESPN. John Rennie called? The game of the world. <laughs> the game of the world. Game of uh, the yeah. World. Oh, you ever hear him? You ever listen to the broadcast? No. You know he always he hates them. He hates the ESPN Sunday night games. He calls them the ESPN game of the world. Why does he hate the ESPN Sunday night games? Because he hates being out on Sunday night. He wants to be home on Sunday night. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, poor baby. <laughs> right? Poor John Rooney. Poor John Rooney. No one's going to feel sorry for you, dude. i got to work on Sunday night. You're going to be okay. I know a lot of fans can't stay the nationally broadcast games because they think that every announcer is against the Cardinals because it's not the homer broadcast that you're used to on Fox Sports Midwest. I'm going to the game. That's tonight. a hot. That's a hot damn take right there. It is the a hot Homer take. broadcast. <laughs> Man, no one's ever heard that before, Homer. right? I mean, that's a hot, hot take. I, no, Hashtag look, scoops. I, I like Dan McLaughlin a, a lot. Him. He's great. He used to drive me crazy, but I've come to really appreciate him. Well, he's been doing it 20 years. I mean, he's he's kind of earned his place at this point. He, I feel. You no, know, he has. But I'm just like when he first started out. He, I mean, I thought he I thought his voice was really nasally. And I thought he kind of like kissed the players' ass ways too much, especially Scott Rowland. He something, was so in oh love yeah. with Scott Rowland, it was almost something it was I've annoying. noticed about his that he's actually he's got a lot more excited about his calls, about his home run calls, and I calls, think, well, and it's, it's much it, much better. Maybe I think he's, he got a pay raise. That could be too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he did. But I think he's letting more of his personality out too. Yeah, not that he's, he, he, not that he was, was buttoned up. Not that he was making thirty grand a year before. <laughs> no, he was he was doing okay. But I'm saying I'd be a lot more enthusiastic if I was making I don't know two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year as opposed to just maybe fifty thousand dollars a year. Which uh, which uh, which one of his color analysts do you like paired with him the best? Oh, Judy oh, Ballgame. Yeah, it's got to yep. be Edmonds. Yep. Edmonds is the best for sure. Because which I'm surprised how, at how much I like. Jim Edmonds as a broadcast guy. It kind of oh, surprised me. Did you ever me. listen to Edmonds and McKernan show? It was on Afternoon Drive on 590, or actually probably back at 920. Yeah, 920. Yeah. He was great. And he was incredible. When he first started doing it, I'm like, this is, a, this is a mistake. Not that Jim Edmonds doesn't know baseball. Jim Edmonds knows baseball. He oh, knows yeah. more about baseball than the three of us combined. Right. But, I mean, I just didn't think that he was very good on the mic. He, That's I, my thing. I thought he seemed a little low energy. He seemed kind of a, just, aloof. But very I mean, reserved, kind very, of quiet, yeah. quiet guy. But now he cracks me up because yeah. I'm laughing at the things that he's laughing at. Yeah. And that first game that he called in Chicago when Jordan Hicks was on the mound and mm-hmm. Jordan Hicks threw that frisbee that he calls a slider, and I thought Jimmy was going to have to towel off after that. I mean, he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm like, whoa, I, I think he may need a minute here. Someone get him a cigarette. But uh, I, I wish that he was there full time. Um, I, I, I've gone, like, when they started with him and Tim McCarver, I kind of like those two together. Now yeah. Tim McCarver's kind of gotten to the the rambling part of his life where it's kind of like, look, dude. Wait, I like, thought he was there, already there. there there's a game <laughs> going on. He's not getting there. It's already there. <laughs> there's a game going on in front of you. How about we stay focused? Uh, I've never been a, a huge fan of, of Ricky Horton. I think he's okay on the radio no, and the I TV. I don't, I don't care I, for see, him. And that's, I, think, I think Ricky Horton and John Rooney are great together yep. when Shannon's ready to hang it up. 
I think that pairing well, is I'm, a, And that probably will be the pairing. Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah, probably. I mean, who, who else is it going to be? Yeah. It's not going to be Claves. I mean, no, it. Whoa, boy, Claves is so good, though, too. But I mean, like, okay, but Claves, he's not a former player. You always want to no, have, yeah. you always want the broadcaster and the former player. So I can see where Ricky Horton takes that, that rollover full time. Yeah. I think I he does I it now. I don't know if they'd have one of the other television analysts go in there with him. I could. Oh, that means. Mm. I don't think Al's going to do it because Al's kind of, Al's gotten older too. He probably doesn't want to travel. He probably wants to stay here. Yeah. Um, and you know, McCarver's not going to do it. McCarver yeah. doesn't want to really travel that much either. Are there I any can other? See that, I can there, see that. Pair. Are there any other players on the telecast? You have Rick Bre- Ankiel. Yeah. Thompson. And then who's, Bre- not, who's not experienced enough? Thompson. And Brad you have Thompson. Brad Thompson. He's been on a few years now. Yeah. Uh, I think this might be the second, second year. year. I think he started last year. Mm. So, yeah. So Rick Horton does make the most sense to take. Shannon's place when he's finally ready to hang Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Which God only knows when that's going to happen. <laughs> whenever he's well, ready. Whenever he's ready. When he's, whenever he's ready. I, I don't even know how old he is. Is he 78? Yeah, he's 78. Well. God, and to think, God, he sounded old 30 years ago. And he, was only, and he was only 48 years old. 78. Surprises well, I mean, me almost, but it You're, you're going to keep doing it until someone tells you that you can't. Yeah. Is the best way is the best way to look at it. Uh, here's a a better question: Do the Cardinals have too many color commentators? Would they be better off kind of letting, like just narrowing it down to here's your broadcast booth, here's your studio show, and that's it? I don't know. I I think you acquire as much talent as you can. I think the Cardinals have had some really good kind of just straight laced personality guys that I think eventually you know could be color commentators. I think Yadier Molina, to a certain extent, could be a color commentator after he retires. I don't think he has control of the language enough. Between him or, like, Adam Wainwright, I think, is a very straight button-ups guy. I I mean, I'm not saying they have to, but it wouldn't surprise me just because they don't have a bunch of demonstrative guys. Tommy, Like Tommy Pham, Dexter Fowler would never be. I think you'll see Matt Holliday come back. Matt Holliday. Maybe. I could see him doing it. I can't see Yadi doing it because – I'm not sure if he's comfortable enough with the English language. Unless doing they it. expand the Spanish broadcasts. Okay, they expand the Spanish broadcasts, and there's your guy. I would yep. listen to a, a game he, he and his brother do. Oh, oh yeah, that'd be incredible. That would be, be an old. If I could speak kid. Spanish or understand yeah. Spanish, I'd be all over that. Every show. Cardinal you, game. Here's yeah. one thing that we've learned: everything is better when it's when the play-by-play and broadcasts are done in Spanish. Oh, 100 percent. Everything. Hundred thousand well, percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These kickball games that are going on around us, they'd be better if they were done in Spanish. One hundred percent. Everybody feels way more excited about being there. Um, another milestone, I guess you could say, involving the Cardinals, Albert Pujols getting his uh, his three thousandth hit. He's got six hundred home runs. He's got three thousand hits. Uh, I mean, he, he's going to fourth guy only ever to do it. Yeah, he, he's going to go into the Hall of Fame. There's first, not there's first ballot. First ballot. There's not one. There's not one down in my mind. But he should go in as a Cardinal, does, and that's all there is to it. Okay, I think I don't think there's any doubt he doesn't go in as a Cardinal. Why wouldn't he? Why would he go in as an Angel? Yeah, I mean, his he, like he the three thousand. He accomplished most of his feats as a Cardinal. As a Cardinal, easily. Yeah, all the home runs or all the uh, the World Series, the two World Series that he's won, mm-hmm. Cardinals, the MVPs that he's won were a Cardinal. I mean, his milestone that the three thousand, the six hundred were done as an Angel because I mean that that's where he is now, and he's right. been there for ten years. He's had the most like he's had the most accomplishment in St. Louis, but the biggest accomplish biggest accomplishments in L.A. as an individual. Now, from a team standpoint, like obviously he's won ring, he hasn't done it with the Angels. But now, I have no doubt that he goes in as a Cardinal. Now, I am going to call BS on the B-Fib. 
that there I'm seeing a lot I of I don't like where this is going. <laughs> you're I probably, want to I want to make sure that they have a statue. You're you're probably of Albert down there in front of the stadium. You you probably are not going to like where I'm going to go with this Bfib. But all the tweets saying that you know it's disappointing that he's you know doing this 3000 hit in front of you know the sparse crowd in Anaheim in front of the Angels fans. He should be doing it here. Okay, you know what? The past few years when Albert Pujols wasn't very good right. and he wasn't playing first base and he was still hitting for power but he wasn't hitting for average and, and we weren't paying him and we were paying him you would be wanting to see him hung from the Poplar right. Street Bridge oh so now that he's hit the 3,000 now you're like well damn it he should be doing it here come he on been, I think it. he would have been traded a long time ago I think he oh, would have no doubt no doubt if he had signed that contract he would have been he probably would have been traded if he had done what he had done in in, in Los Angeles stats wise from 2012 to 2015 he would have been traded and I am not a pool host hater. I absolutely not love at him. all. I'm I, so happy for him. I, I'm I'm thrilled for him. I'm I'm a I'm an Albert Pujols fan. I will always will be an Albert Pujols fan. I stuck up for him whenever he did sign for the Angels mm-hmm. because I was telling people, look, we got the best years of his career. What are you so upset about? And I really wanted to vomit when <laughs> it was shortly after he signed that uh, Sam Usual passed. And I saw all these memes and everybody tweeting out and, and posting on Facebook. You see, Albert, that's how you sign with the Angels. I'm like, oh, good grief. Could you be any more beef in? <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. Yeah, just, <laughs> that's what, I literally was sitting here thinking, like, how do I even respond? You like, you just you don't. even respond. You don't acknowledge so, to it. It's so baseless and just exactly without just, taste and uh, just I wish I had stupid. It's stu- I, it's, they're saying it's, it's being said just to be said. Just that, because someone had to do it, I, that's I, I think it's. I'm, I'm proving that I'm the, I'm more beefed than you right. are. So I came up with that. <laughs> I, I wish I had like Napoleon Dynamite drops. Freaking idiot! Freaking <laughs> idiots. Not a bad impression there, though. Clay. It's not. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate yeah, it. Not bad. Not bad at all. So happy for Albert Pujols. He got number three thousand. Oh yeah. Um, I'm not sure how much longer his career is going to go. I wouldn't say more than a year or two. Yeah, I think. Well, does he have three more years on on the deal? If he does, then that's. I it. thought it was two. But maybe you're right. It is because he signed the deal. Maybe the, there's two in the eleven off season. Maybe a player option for maybe third. that's what but, it but was. No, he has he has a ten year contract and then that ten year player service or that services contract where he's like indebted to the Angels for ten years. I don't know how that will ever hold up in a court of law if he wants out of that. Oh, I mean, I, just, he's not going to want to go anywhere else unless he well, came back to St. Louis. No, no, no. It's, just, a, no it's, a, it's, a, it's a services contract. Yeah, we'll give him like a front office. It's not. Job. Yeah, oh, it's not okay, a player. Okay, okay, it's a it's a ten year. Hey, you have to be part of our organization for ten years after you retire. He got the they'll, they'll make Ichiro him. Treatment. They'll make him a brand ambassador or a consultant or something. They'll find a way to. make Although, it I mean, you see Larusa who comes back pretty much all, all the, the time, time, and he works for the Red Sox, wearing his red jacket and like, yeah, I'm still a Cardinal too. I'm a Cardinal and a Red Sox. Now I'm, I'm, I'm okay, a Cardinal you, and a Diamondback <laughs> and a White but, Sox. But, well, okay, but, but when, tied for first. When you think of Larusa, though, I think of him being a Cardinal more than I think oh, of him absolutely. even being an A. Oh, for sure. That's another case yeah. where, like, the – I mean, he was good, you know, with the – well, I won't even say good with the LX, but the best years of his career were as a Cardinal manager. Absolutely. He won two – I mean, he won one with the A's mm-hmm. and went to another, and then he won two uh, but went to another as an a, as the manager of the Cardinals. So yep. This is a good place to pivot into this, and I apologize for, for bringing up a new point. <laughs> Go ahead. Because I'm, I'm not the point man on this podcast. Uh, when Matheny manages 1,000th game Tuesday, it was? Yes. Yeah, this past week. And the stats came out. 
that he had the higher winning percentage over 1,000 games than all the previous Cardinal managers. That over 1,000 games, he is the he, with, with a winning percentage yeah. of .561. I think like Larusa and Herzog had 520, and uh, Shane Dean's had like 510. Five, he was right around 500. I was shocked to see that. I really wasn't because when you like, I am I am anti Mike Matheny, not anti Mike Matheny the man. I'm anti Mike Matheny the manager. And whenever you talk to somebody who's pro Matheny, that's the first thing they throw at you is his winning percentage. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I can't dispute that. He's got a great winning percentage. But, but he's also, for the first couple of years, was playing with not his guys. Well, that, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> they were all LaRusse's guys. Right. Think about how many more games he would win if he was a better manager. Oh, for sure. You know, it's, it's the whole Kendrick Perkins thing. Do you guys know who Kendrick Perkins is? Kendrick Perkins. For the Cavaliers. He's for the Cavaliers, but he played for a long time for the Oklahoma City Thunder mm-hmm. when Scott Brooks was their head coach, and they had James Harden, and they had Russell Westbrook, and they had Kevin Durant. And for some reason, he was still running Kendrick Perkins out there, even though Kendrick Perkins didn't rebound, and he didn't score, and he didn't block any shots. All he did was look mean, and he fouled. That was it. And people would point out, well, should you think about maybe starting somebody other than Kendrick Perkins? And he goes, well, look how many games we won with him at center. But it never occurred to him, you know what, maybe I would win more games right. if I had somebody better than Kendrick Perkins right. you know, at center. I think most Cardinal fans and Matheny haters overall just have a problem with how he manages the bullpen. Well, of course. That's the – I think that's it, one – because well, it, the, lineup, the lineup is never bad. Uh, Not – okay. <laughs> Listen, okay, I, not saw, never. I saw a lineup with Yadier Molina hitting in the two-hole this year. The two-hole. And, he, and he's still, The slowest guy on the team is hitting at the top. And, he's, and he's, still batting, he's still batting Matt Carpenter right. in the two-hole, and Matt Carpenter's not even batting his weight. Matt Carpenter shouldn't even sniff the roster at this – I mean, starting lineup, I should say. Yeah, if, if, if they had better options, yeah. Matt, Matt Carpenter would be on the bench because he can't field and he's not hitting well, he's and he can't run. So what else is he going to do? You're right. You're right. 90% of the time, the lineup's okay. What? Even 90 I would say you, you only should, get. Would you, I, I, what, I, what grade? What grade would you give the overall lineup structure? I mean, I'd give it a B. A B, yeah. So eighty-five percent. Yeah, yeah. A strong a low, B. No, I, low, I, a B minus. I, no, 80, no, I, I was solid. It's a, it's a B, but it's a low B. No, I mean, I would give it I, eighty-five. Like, like I would eighty-four. Give it a, eighty-four. I would eighty-three give it a, and a half <laughs> from Clay. I would give it a solid B. Here's here's I think what you got to do. Maybe I would maybe flip flop Paul DeYoung and Matt Carpenter in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, that's something. You know, but Carpenter has this whole thing where he wants to bat leadoff. Let me tell you something, brother. He ain't going to bat leadoff this year. Not, no. ab- not above not, Tommy Pham. They're not going to move him. Not above the, Tommy every, Pham. Every year when he's done this crap where he's batted 155, hitting, hitting, batting second or third, they've moved him back up to one to, you know, appease him. Yeah. And make sure that he's, okay, Matt, you can be comfortable now. And you know what, Matt They're Car- not going to do it this year. Okay, and to me, Matt Carpenter isn't the cal- a, a higher caliber enough player to be appeased. No. He, he's not, he's not, not anymore. He's not. I don't think he ever was to begin with. He's not a superstar the year player. He hit all the doubles. What year did he, was that? Fourteen to fifteen. He had about two to three good. Years. He had one really really good year, and then two and that other was year years he, that were pretty. And that was solid. year he had like fifty doubles. Yeah. 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 To was me, he, to me, he's not the kind of player that you appease though. Like you appease an Albert Pools. Mm-hmm. You appease maybe a Jim Edmonds, maybe like a Scott Rowland, maybe a Yadier Molina. I don't think Matt Carpenter's the type of player that you appease because. You've seen that he can't really adjust, and he doesn't give you anything else. He doesn't turn the dial for you. Like not at it, all. For another team were to acquire him, it's not like that changes 
the complexity or, yeah, you're, you're or never the strength gonna, of their lineup. You're never going to see on the crawl on ESPN that, you know, blah, 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 acquired Matt Carpenter. They are now World Series contenders right. according to no. No. Buster only. No. Never going to happen. No. no. That's why I think this past offseason they really did themselves a disservice. I would have found a way to get rid of him, and I would have ta- found a way to sign Mike Moustakas. So let me ask you this. How long do you think they let it go on this year? Oh, as long as Matheny's a manager forever. <laughs> yeah, he won't. He won't bench him. He, he won't Matheny bench him. Matheny hits under two hundred for the first four months of the season. Matheny is never going to bench him, and Matheny is never going to bat him lower than three. Matheny's going to die on the Matt Carpenter Hill. Yeah, he needs to he bat will. eighth. He needs to bat eighth. You're preaching to the choir. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not the one who sets the lineup. But no, that's where he needs to be until yeah. I mean, look, everybody else. If you're not batting, gets demoted. De- uh, Dexter Fowler really wasn't. He's not batting that well. Right. He is demoted. Be- being demoted. Yeah. He got demoted further down in the lineup. Yep. Uh, uh, the batting order, rather. Um, same thing, like with Colton Wong. Like if they were trying Colton yep. Wong at second, and Colton Wong wasn't batting well. Guess where he'd be? He'd be batting where Bottom he is right now. Yeah. For some reason, Matt Carpenter and, and Crash. I know you you uh, you download this podcast <laughs> and you listen, so I'm going I'm going to steal your line. He is a member of Club Matheny. He Club does. Matheny. He gets special treatment. What do you think? What they, it is? What do you think they do at Club Matheny? I think they play a lot of chess. A lot of chess. Lots of chess. Lots of ping pong. And probably listening to lots of like Michael W. Smith. Ooh, oh, you gotta like I like that. You like that? I like that. I can see Club Matheny. Yes. I th- is, is it in the middle of the woods, or we t- like where, where 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 would Club Matheny be? Oh, church basement. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I heard Michael W. Smith. And my, I was sorry. I was talking to Mrs. Hanselman for a second. I heard, right. What is uh, Michael W. Smith's big hit from about 1990? Oh, I I, I know I know he had one, but I can't remember. Huge what it hit. Is. Yeah. Huge crossover huge, Christian, huge, huge commercial hit. Pop hit, yeah. We were trying to decide what Club Matheny actually would would be. Oh, Club Matheny's at a Boy Scout camp, in a well, clean way, well, in a very very clean, oh appropriate yeah, way. I, mean, I said, I said. Oh, tr- I'm sorry. It's not. It's a Scout BSA now. Is that what it is? Yeah, because they allow girls in the Boy Scouts. Oh, well, maybe they should have came with something called Girl Scouts. Oh wait, they already <laughs> have. I don't. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, <laughs> back to a point that you were talking about before, and I wanted to bring up. Um, the fact that Scott Rowland did not finish his career as a Cardinal because him and Tony were butthurt yeah. with each other yeah. is absolutely ponderous. Ponderous may even be a light term. Well, Fucking asinine. Yeah, there we go. I, I don't think it's asinine at all. Well, uh, in what way? I don't think they win the 2006 World Series without Scott Spezio. And if Mike Matheny had been managing the Cardinals at that time, you know there's no way that he was going to bench Scott Rowland over Scott Spezio, and I don't think they would have won. And the, but he was hurt in 06, right? Not, no. Because that's why Spezio came on, I thought. That, when did well, Spezio, well, okay, he was hurt, but I think he was injured, but he could he could have still played. That was the whole thing. When he did, wasn't playing well. Spezio was. He wasn't batting well. Spezio was batting. When did Scott Rowland run into Heastop Choi? Uh, 04, 05? 05. Now, that was the secondary injury. The first injury was when he ran into who's a Diamondback shortstop, Craig uh, Craig Council. Craig Council. Yeah, yep. during the playoffs. Yeah, in O two. No, because Roland didn't come here till O three, right? Roland came here in two thousand and two. It was O two. Maybe you're right. I was still. That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Two thousand two sounds right. Yep. Um, I am not a huge Scott Roland fan. Why? Why he was? I, I I don't know. There's just something about him that I mean. I, I think that he's a good player, but I don't. I think he's one of those where I don't think he's a game changer. His defensive prowess 
is unpar- I mean, un- almost unmatched in today's game. He's the best defensive third baseman in baseball Absolutely. when he played. I don't think he's not the best third, uh, defensive third baseman of all time, though. That's not Brooks, of all, that's I didn't Brooks say Robinson. that. When he, was playing, when he was playing the game, he was the best defensive third baseman in How baseball. How many third basemen are in the Hall of Fame? You got Brooks Robinson, you got Mike Schmidt, and who? Asking me this on the Terry side. Pendleton. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> My point is, is that like third Von Hayes. Third third base is kind of like one of those spots where like your less good players play. And that's Brooks, not true at all. Brooks hang on. You Brooks on. Brooks Robinson and Mike Schmidt are in the Hall of Fame for their offensive prowess. Not for their deep. I mean, they were good defensive Mike players. Mike Schmidt was a good defensive player, but he was much more. He was a much better offensive player. Oh well, player. sure, yeah. And so was Brooks Robinson. The only way you're going to get because I saw him play so many times. The, <laughs> <laughs> the only way you're going to get into the Hall of Fame based solely on your defense is if you're playing in one of those spots up the middle, shortstop, center, uh, like second Ozzie? base. Yeah, like Ozzy, because you make like, the flashier plays. Well, that I mean, like and more opportunity. You always want to have your defense strong up the middle. Yeah. For sure. Catcher, shortstop, second, center field. But I think, honestly, like you don't put your worst fielder at third base. I think your, third baseman, you put, is, no, 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 your no. third baseman is stronger I'm than your saying, second, second and first. I play third base in Little League. <laughs> I play third base in high school. Okay. The, only reason why I was a, the only reason why I was a third base was because the ball could just hit me in the stomach and then fall to the ground. So I could you, pick were it up va- and you were vacuum at third base. Basically, had, yeah. I could have been a hockey guy. I had great fundamentals where when I went down for a grounder, my, my glove was always on the ground. It was never up. And so <laughs> I, I knocked the ball. And much to my coach's chagrin, I could actually throw the ball from See? third to first. See, you guys are just proving my point. You put your stars at third. Look, I don't hate Scott Rowland. I just wasn't a big fan and of his. And he had the best walk-up song the last 50 years. Oh, what, that lame Limp Biscuit song? <laughs> rolling, rolling, rolling. That lame. Was a, if you didn't get fired up. I would have done put, the other one. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Oh, you would have done it from, from uh, Blues Brothers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the theme to Rawhide? If you didn't get yes. pumped up listening to Scott Rowland's walk-up song. There's I did not get pumped up you listening guys, to I, I can't get pumped up listening to Limp Biscuit. That's your loss, then, my friend. <laughs> Even though I did see them at Ozfest years ago, where they climbed out of a toilet, played their set, climbed back in the toilet. And the fact that it was Scott Rowland's walk-up song just made him that much cooler because it said his name, and that's the reason why. He yeah, it was just it was the perfect match. Who's got the best walk-up song with the Cardinals right now? Ooh. I don't even know what they are right now. I'm going to go with DeYoung. He's got another thing coming by Judas Priest because I did. Oh, not think, that's a nice play. I did not think that a guy that young would be into Priest. I'm trying to think. Your because girl, the there's li- your girlfriend over there wooing Clay. <laughs> no. Wooing. Let's talk about that. Wooing. <laughs> they are now wooing. wooing. No, no. Let's, let's go back to the best walk-up songs. Best walk-up. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I can't remember. Even the best ever is still McGuire with Welcome to the Jungle. It just, I mean. No, well, the best of all time, all time is Enter Sandman. Mariana Rivera. Mariana Rivera, yeah. I, like of all time baseball, if we're doing outside of Cardinal. Like, but I can't, I can't even think of the walk-up songs this year. Uh, uh, well, I'm. Is anybody doing any pop country? Oh yeah, come on, Cardinals. Oh, Matt Carpenter for sure has a yeah. pop country Car- song. Carp's got maybe you a Carp's song. <laughs> maybe you want to roll my windows down. Yeah, he's got broke. Yeah, he's got bro country. Bro uh, country. I know. I know. Oh, like isn't that Bruntree? I think so. I can't remember if it was Dexter Fowler's or Tommy Fans, but I really like those. I can't remember what they are. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was for the Red Sox. That their walk-up song was uh, Three Little Birds" Ooh. by Bob Marley, and the whole crowd would sing, you know, every little thing gonna be all right. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Was like, that Big Poppies? No, 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 it wasn't uh, him. It was um. So the current player? No, no, Oil no, no. Can Boyd? 
Huh? No, oil can boy. Oil can boy. <laughs> it wasn't Mike Greenwell. It wasn't Wade Boggs. Jo- Johnny Damon. No, it wasn't Johnny Damon. It was a, it was the guy from Hawaii. Um, Mookie Betts. No, not Mookie Betts. He's not on the team anymore. Oh, Victor. Uh, oh, Carl, Shane Victorino. Shane Victorino. Carl Yastrzemski. <laughs> Carl Yastrzemski. Carl Yastrzemski. It was Ted Williams. Ted Williams. <laughs> no, it was Ted Williams. It's the ghost of Ted Williams. Walker. <laughs> I'm trying to think of my favorite. Red Sox from the 1986, because those are really the only ones I know. Oil Cane Boyd, who was the guy who came in and and uh, uh, gave up the uh, the hit, uh, the the Buckner thing. Bob, um, I don't know. Never mind. I don't remember. Bob Stanley. Bob Stanley was the relief pitcher who came in and and uh, it was the one that gave up all the runs <laughs> against the Mets in '86 when the Sox were about to win the series. I remember watching that World Series. I do too. Because I remember I was cheering for the Red Sox because I hated the Mets. I hated the Mets so much. Hated the Mets so much, and I want to see them win. And uh, then when, when that ball went through Buckner's legs, I felt your pain, Boston. Speak of, speaking of Mets. Even though I trash your teams now, I felt your Mets. pain. Uh, Matt Harvey, wow. Yeah. I mean, what a fall from grace. Huge fall from grace. I believe the Mets made him available. Yes. Yeah. He is now for hire. He is DF, DFA. He got DFA. He, he got, got DFA. No, because he yeah. did not uh, he, they, take a they wanted demotion. To, yeah, they wanted him to go to the minors. He said, "I refuse." They said, "Fine, we'll release you." And he's gone. I was looking at stats, and the first three years, like right when he came on, his first three years, you were like, "This guy might be the next Nolan Ryan." And then oh, he, he was got, amazing. And then he got hurt, and then you saw the next three or four years, and like, what happened? He got hurt. I think you, you'll. If you ask a lot of people at or in that organization, they'll probably talk to you that they'll probably say to you that he was more concerned about wanting to be a celebrity than he right. was being a professional athlete. He quit taking his game seriously, and he, and he saw the way that Derek, the way that Derek Jeter was able to, you know, intoxicate the city of New York with yeah. his play and his persona, and that's what he wanted to do, and he wasn't able to do it. Um, I know that there was one game where he was unable to pitch because he was that brokenhearted because. Um, Adriana Lima, if you don't know who that is, kids, Google her. She is a Victoria's Secret supermodel from Brazil. That's she's all a, you really need to know. She's I'm okay. Sure she's very unattractive. She, the poor thing fell out of the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. Ugh. And she and Matt Harvey were together, and she dumped him and started going out with uh, Julian Edelman wow. of the New England Patriots. Look at Mr. Pop Culture. And I think that she Nailed was it. like – Nailed I think, it. I believe she was sending him, like, photos of those two on the beach in Hawaii when he was, like, getting ready, okay. to, getting ready, to, go, getting ready to go pitch a game. That, so you can kind of understand right. why that would be upsetting. That would so if you're Mo, do you bring in Matt Harvey as your next rebuild project? If they had Dave Duncan, I would sign oh, him yeah. right now. I am not familiar with Mike Maddox as a pitching coach as far as him, you know, doing reclamation projects. Yeah. But if they had Dave Duncan still on this on this coaching staff as a pitching coach, I would say yes, get him right now. Because you know what? Well, Maybe not everybody can I, I can understand like someone like Giancarlo Stanton wanting to go to New York if you're, you know, a 27-year-old, 100 millionaire with like 2% body fat, you're going to want to live in a target-rich environment like what, New York? What do you mean? They they, I mean, St. Louis is a target-rich environment. <laughs> no, it's not. Do you see all the babes everywhere? No, I don't. They're, at, they're, they're everywhere. At, they're at Wheelhouse, bro. Well, <laughs> they're, okay. I mean, they're, yeah, look, they're at one place on saying, Friday and Saturday night. Look, I'm not saying that St. Louis does it. St. Louis has plenty of beautiful women, but... They do. I'm being, I, they're okay. not New York women. New York has more. That's I would right. just say there's no comparison. It's just a statement of fact that there are more women in New York 
than in than St. Louis. Yeah, that 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 that's it's a numbers game. That, that is empirical. It's a numbers game. But um <laughs> sorry. Where was I going with but some <laughs> some players can handle like the New York and, and handle the media and handle the lifestyle yeah. and some can't. And it, it, maybe Matt Harvey can't, so let's do the opposite. Have him come here where there isn't that much of a social scene, and maybe he'll re- like regain his, his pitching career. Come here and play baseball for the best fans. <laughs> we'll embrace you <laughs> and all and all your shortcomings. You know, because you're Matt Harvey. You know, all he's got to came do, from the Mets. You know, all he's got to do is just don like a, a camo cap and and start. Uh, that says Pappy's on it. And start. Hey, and start hey, blasting. <laughs> Hey, He'd be the next emos guy. What do, I, start, what do I start blasting that Eric Church and they'll they'll accept him? What do I do to become real popular around here? <laughs> well, you wear a Pappy's cap as camo. <laughs> you do take a picture with a bush beer and you're in good shape. Yeah, that's all he needs to do. And you do an on the go commercial or a uh, Cardinals Glennon uh, healthcare video. One of those where he acts all wooden. Yeah, you're in. You're in after that. Uh, or I don't just think- do, or just do a simple promo on Camo X. Yeah, I'm Matt Carpenter. You're listening to Cardinal Baseball, can I? <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought those David Freeze uh, Emos commercials were kind of funny because he was saying, like, he had, like, a collared shirt on, but for some reason a baseball glove. And I'm like, why is he wearing a baseball glove? Is it so people will know that he's a baseball player? Is that the reason why he's well, got is, the baseball glove? Is Jason Tatum in the new one dressed up? I'm trying to remember. Is he just wearing like a T-shirt? No, he's got like a, a collared shirt on. Does he? Yeah, he's just dressed I'm, business cash. I'm just trying to remember if he, if, like, if it's an ongoing thing, like if Jason Tatum was holding a basketball and a pizza. <laughs> if like something that just Emos um, does. I think he's. I think he has like one of those collared green shirts that say Emos You're right. on the front. I think, right. I think that's what he's wearing. Yeah. Oh, so um, he's a member of the, of the staff. Of the staff, like like, like, he, like he's got a franchise now. Maybe, uh. maybe he'll open one in Boston. You know who may you know who may know who knows a lot about Jason Tatum knows a lot about the NBA is Andrew Claudio from the Nothing But Knicks podcast, part of the Gotham Sports Network. We're going to talking to him next. Joining us on the phone right now is Andrew Claudio from the Nothing But Knicks podcast, part of the Gotham Sports Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Claudio underscore GSN. Andrew, my friend, how are you, sir? Burger, long time no speak, buddy. How you been? I, I miss you. I miss talking uh, NBA with you. I'm glad we're going to catch up. And uh, hopefully when I go to New York this summer to see Foo Fighters at Madison Square Garden, I will get to see you sometime during my trip. Dude, absolutely. Now, You've kind of had to learn the hard way about how bad I am at answering text messages. (laughs) So tweet at me, and I'm positive we can meet up, and I'll grab a beer with you. And I guess if you're coming during the summer, all we'll have is baseball to catch up and watch. But, uh, yeah, dude, absolutely. I'll remember that. No texting, no direct messaging, no phone calling. I have to at you. He's just plugging right now. I had a wedding last weekend, and... How many people got upset with me that I hadn't seen in, like, months? Dude, you don't answer your text? It's like, what, we're here. What are you talking about? Let's catch up now. Like, what's the problem? So, yes, I, we will meet up this summer. No worries. All right. Looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Let's, uh, let's jump feet first into these NBA playoffs, and let's start with the game last night, game three between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Toronto Raptors. Uh, it really is Lebronto now. That's the second LeBron's second game-winning shot in these playoffs. It's almost like the example. I think Toronto overall might be the better team than what the Cavaliers are. But the Cavaliers, they have a superstar player, and that's what you need to go forward in the NBA playoffs. Well, you, 
could say the same thing about the Pacers, right? The Absolutely. Pacers are the better team, and whoever LeBron beats in the conference finals is probably going to be the better team. He's just the best player in the world, and that's how much of a difference having him and him alone on your team matters. Uh, you could argue that the Cavs without LeBron aren't even a playoff team, and they're probably going to win the East with him. So it's it stinks if you're the, uh, a team of a fan of a team of anybody else in the Eastern Conference, but as a fan of a team that plays in the Eastern Conference, I've accepted this is LeBron's conference <laughs> until he goes to LA next year. Does it even surprise you at this point? I, I mean, there's a lot of chatter like, "Wow, LeBron this, LeBron did that," like LeBron's taking over. But at this point, is it just the same old story, just a different year? No, oh, not at all. And that's the craziest part about last night in particular. He had a running layup that he was going to his left and threw a bank shot off the glass, and I fully expected it to go in. There was no surprise of me. It was more just a wow, it went in and time expired. That's all that shocked me last night is that he was able to do it so perfectly accurately to leave no time on the clock for the Raptors. So, no, he's, he's the best I've ever seen do it, and it's, like you said, it, it doesn't even surprise me. And when he, again, he's going to win the Eastern Conference, and that's not going to surprise me either, even though he's done it with, against all odds these playoffs. Nothing stirs the swarm of LeBron haters more than when he does a game-winning shot like he did last night because everybody will say, well, do it in a Game 7 or do it in an NBA Finals or do it in a game that really matters. And what I want to say to all these LeBron haters, it's the same thing like with people who hate uh, Donald Trump, and I'm not going to get into a political <laughs> diatribe right now. I know a lot about the NBA, and it's great. <laughs> uh, if you want to know my feelings on the current sitting president, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Berger. But I've been saying this, and, and I tell this people who hate LeBron, you are going to be so bored when LeBron is gone. Yeah. Watching, watching him play, you're really no going to miss LeBron play. I really wanted to know where you were going with that. <laughs> Thank you, Berger. <laughs> I was like, all right, land the plane. Where are we going here? All right, um... Yeah, I'll be, we'll be bored when, when LeBron's gone. Uh, I think a lot of the – you really can put the LeBron haters into a silent uh, – excuse me, a loud vocal minority, though. Um, it really comes down to people who still think that Michael is the GOAT, which I'm still one of them. Michael Jordan had the best career of anybody not named Bill Russell that's ever played the NBA, and – launched a legacy of wing-dominated basketball that we're still seeing today, including with LeBron James. But LeBron's a better basketball player. If you want to say Michael's the GOAT, Michael can be the GOAT, and LeBron is the boat, the best of all time. You just got to – we're not allowed to have both, so we have to pick one or the other. So it's really just the Michael Jordan defender crowd, and then it's the the – the lovely land of Kobistan out in Los Angeles. Kobe <laughs> needs to be entered into all conversations of what about Kobe? He won five rings, even though he never made it out of the first round without Shaq or Paul Gasol. And is one of the he basically is Russell Westbrook with better defense. That's all that Kobe was. Wow. He's lucky enough to have played with dominant big men his whole career. Wow. So I... it's really just those two groups and then you know, everybody else admires the greatness that we see every time LeBron touches a basketball. I know some uh, proud citizens of Kobistan who have told <laughs> so me annoying. who have told me that if LeBron does go to the Lakers, they are renouncing their citizenship until he is no longer there. Ooh, that's wow. gonna be interesting. Yeah, that I, is gonna be the, the that's why I'm rooting for that. 
A, because he gets out of my conference, and maybe <laughs> when Porzingis gets back, the Knicks can actually contend for an Eastern Conference championship. But if he goes to L.A., especially the Lakers, the pride that will have to be swallowed by every, uh, you know, Twitter avi with Kobe in it, whose Twitter handle ends with 824, that will have to swallow everything they've said bad about LeBron because they're now rooting for him to turn Lonzo Ball into a good basketball player. It's going to be something fun to watch, and I don't know how they're going to do it because they have sworn to the religion that is Kobe is the greatest player of all time, and now they have the actual best player to ever play basketball and they're playing for their franchise. So. Claudio, going back to the playoffs, uh, what's something that's surprised you so far? I mean, other than, you know, things like LeBron just completely taking over in these moments to, you know, the Anthony Davis show first round, you know, just busting up on the Trailblazers. Um, what surprised you thus far? So it's one of two things. One is just the fact that Brad Stevens, who yes, really yes. surprised us that he's the best coach in the NBA and was able to do this, but the way that they've – like they didn't look like they had three wins against the Sixers in them because it took them seven games to get four against a Bucks team that doesn't that doesn't have a coach, you know, that really just has one All Star and a hot Chris Middleton. Um, <laughs> seeing Brad Stevens completely dismantle and out coach Brett Brown and turn that series into listen, Joel Embiid, you can get all your points. We're going to stop Ben Simmons, and what they've done is made Brad Ben Simmons look like a rookie point guard, which. He has not for, what, the last 30 games of the season and then five games against the Heat. Um, so seeing Brad Stevens with no Kyrie Irving, a beat-up Jalen Brown, oh, yeah, no Gordon Hayward, have this team one win away from the conference finals. I, I, I still think LeBron's going to win the East, but I do not think that's going to be as easy a series as we thought the Sixers were going to have against the Celtics. And, and then the other thing... I actually wasn't as surprised by what the the Pelicans did to the Blazers because you saw how the Blazers played. Um, a lot of how they made that run in the second half of the year was just hot shooting from three and dominant guard play. And they still only won two more games. I think actually one more game than the Pelicans. So that really was an even series. And I think I even picked the Pelicans to win that series. I didn't pick them to sweep, so that surprised me. But the thing that actually surprises me in the Western Conference is the fact that Utah was able to get past yep. yeah. uh, OKC. And uh, Utah, again, being led by a, a, a rookie point guard who, look, Ben Simmons has been great, but I do think that there is something to the Donovan Mitchell crowd with the he had a whole year in the NBA even though he wasn't playing NBA games. The fact of the matter is, Donovan Mitchell is incredible. And yes. that, he's the, the spearhead of that basketball team, and they won a game and made, a, made that a competitive series without Ricky Rubio. So OKC and Boston have been what surprised me the most. I was just going to ask you, what do you make of this rookie class in these playoffs? You've got, you know, you got Simmons, you've got Donovan Mitchell, you've got our kid Jason, Jason Tatum, Tatum yeah. who's lightening up for Boston right now. What do you make of this right now? Well, it makes me even more upset that the Knicks took Frank Nilakino instead of Donovan Mitchell, who was sitting right there, or a potential trade up to number three for Jason Tatum. So, yeah, that's 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 where I stand. Now they're incredible, and it sets up the league for what another decade, knowing yeah. that we have in the last two drafts Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, and all of these great young stars that. 
I mean, the, the league's in a good place right now. We keep drafting young talent who live up to the potential. With the, every, I feel like every year we keep seeing the best under 25 crowd, and that's only going to get a little bit shorter because AD turns 25 mm-hmm. this year, but we're just going to have DeAndre Ayton and whoever comes in this year's class added to that list. So yep. the, the, the league is in, in great shape with all this great young talent. Andrew Claudio joining us on the phone right now. He is the host of the Nothing But Knicks podcast, part of the Gotham Sports Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Claudio underscore GSN. Uh, I want to pivot back to what you're saying about Brad Stevens and him right now being the best coach in the NBA. When he left for when he left Butler for the Celtics, I'm like, what are you doing? You're making a huge hmm. mistake. I can understand the money, but we've seen many a college coach, hot college coach, go to the NBA and fail. Boston, they chew up coach and they spit them right back out. Just ask Rick Pitino. And you were at Butler. Uh-huh. You were, I mean, you were kind of running the great state of Indiana, the great basketball state of Indiana, back-to-back, you know, uh, NCAA title games. You know, I, I can understand the money, but there, nothing can surplant happiness. He is a fantastic NBA coach. And now that I think mm-hmm. that Greg Popovich is probably going to retire, it's only a matter of time before he announces it, I think the best coach in the NBA right now is Brad Stevens. No doubt. Well, I even here's a take for you. I, I think even if Popovich doesn't retire, it's still Brad Stevens. And wow, that's no that's no disrespect to to Pop. It goes back to the LeBron versus MJ uh, argument. Pop is probably the more accomplished and the greater career, but right now in the NBA, Brad Stevens is is the best. It's it's hands down, and it's interesting. I've had with a couple of my buddies the longest debate, and not even just a debate. I guess more of an argument where they didn't even have him in the top five for coach of the year because the Celtics had uh, uh, had, had expectations and they were supposed to win 55 games. The fact that he won 55 games where he didn't have Kyrie Irving for 40 and, excuse me, for 20 and didn't have Gordon Hayward for 82 and lost Marcus Smart for the end of the year yep. and still got 55 wins and is probably going to get them to the conference finals out of this team, he's incredible. And he also went to, and this is something I always look for with the college jump to the NBA, he also was given the perfect situation to go to. Where he was. they had no expectations. They had just traded away a, a generation of, of talent with uh, Garnett, Pierce, and Allen, and it was, listen, we just need somebody to, to build something from the ground up like a college coach usually does. And the Celtics gave him a situation where he was allowed to actually run the team, and he has turned into something great. Not so much like your Knicks right now. (laughs) Well, they also, you know, not yet. (laughs) Don't throw me off by bringing up bad things. Hold on. Uh, But you look at Billy Donovan and the situation he stepped into in OKC. There were championship expectations put on a college coach, and he wasn't allowed to build something from the ground up. Brad Stevens, look, I'm not going to pretend I watched every second of every Celtics game back in 2013, but he was able to build something from the ground up and get all of his growing pains out of the way under the radar, where, you know, if he had gone to the Celtics in 2010 when they were expected to win championships, who knows what he becomes. So it's, it's awesome to see that he's turned into what a lot of people didn't think he was, and he's pretty 
become one of the best coaches in the league. I, I want to quickly pivot to uh, San Antonio and Greg Popovich, uh, the tragedy of his wife passing, and yeah. now it looks like the organization and Kawhi Leonard are, are heading for an ugly divorce. Uh, Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, who knows how much longer they're going to keep going. They're, they're probably still going to be a playoff contender, but are we seeing the end of the San Antonio Spurs dynasty? And if we are, I think we're going to be looking back at one of the more underappreciated dynasties in sports history. Yeah, they're the Patriots, but I guess with a little more, with a, with a little less attention. Um, I don't, it's tough because I think it really is up to Pop, and I don't know Pop's feelings right now because there hasn't been anything publicly said since the passing of his wife. And I can't really blame him because it's, it's a devastating tragedy that he's going through right now. Uh, I wonder if it's just a hint of normalcy and routine is what he needs. Mm-hmm. And so coming back to the NBA is going to be more healing for him than something important to the Spurs. Um, as far as the, the, the Spurs dynasty ending, though, you're right. It, it comes down to Kawhi, and I think there's a lot of Kyrie Irving and what's going on here. Like, Kyrie left the Cavs even though – because he didn't want to be in LeBron's shadow and didn't want the – he already won a championship, so he felt like he wanted to go someplace else where there was more marketability and a bigger reputation to, to build for himself. Um, I think Kawhi's feeling the same way, which is why the only thing you've heard he wants to do is go to a bigger city that's not San Antonio. And I, I think it's all going to depend on if Kawhi will take the extra $70 million he will get from a Supermax contract in San Antonio or – Will he want to go to a bigger city like L.A. or Philadelphia or, Jesus, please, New York? (laughs) (laughs) Try to build something there, you know? Which is kind of funny when you think about it because Kawhi Leonard is such a low-key guy. Yeah. He doesn't seem like the type that he's like, okay, well, you know what? I want to go to a bigger market. I want to go to a bigger city because he just seems like the kind of guy that just goes home and kicks it with his boys playing you know, Xbox all night. He doesn't seem like he's a, a club guy or a bar guy. I mean, he went to San Diego well, State. Yeah. About, <laughs> that's the crazy part about Kawhi. Can either of you tell me what does Kawhi Leonard's voice sound like? Nothing. He's, like, yeah. No. He's... Given the MVP speech at a podium before for an NBA Finals, and I still do not know what Kawhi Leonard's voice sounds like. I don't stump, know what he stump, likes to do in his I don't know what he likes to do at any time. So, as far as Kawhi goes, as far as marketing himself to a bigger market, who knows what Kawhi Leonard is going to be able to turn into. This whole time I've had Claudio on my show, he's been doing a Kawhi Leonard impression. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no clue. It's actually right. Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Uh, we, we were talking about LeBron and where he's possibly going to go next year. Uh, some have speculated uh, that he's going to go to the Lakers. If he does that, uh, I'm of the opinion that he's conceding that he's never going to win an- another title for as long as he lives. Um, some people have thrown Philadelphia, possibly Houston. Now with the hiring of David Fisdale as their head coach in New York, David Fisdale was a longtime assistant coach in Miami and part of the Pat Riley branch, do you think that your New York Knicks have a actual chance to land the boat, as you call them? Don't get him too excited. I'm pumping zero, him up to give me a big answer. Zero chance <laughs> possible, Burger. And, look, I actually talked about this on Nothing But Knicks last, this, this past week when they hired Dave Fisdale. Here's the deal. Yes, it actually might be a decent fit if the Knicks could clear one 
they need to do two things. They need to trade Tim Hardaway Jr. and get that contract off the book. And they need to figure out a team that will somehow take Joe Kim Noah's contract and get him off the books, which would open up a spot for LeBron and one other player to come play for the Knicks. In 2019, which LeBron will not be a free agent by then because he will be with his new team anyway, if he was being a free agent then and we were talking about it, then it would actually be a possibility. Um, at the same time, here's why I'm never getting my hopes up. One of LeBron's closest friends is Charles Oakley. Charles Oakley has a feud with Jim Dolan. Jim Dolan owns the New York Knicks. Yeah. LeBron James will never play for Jim Dolan. So the only chance, outside of the, the logistical things I mentioned with the Knicks salary cap situation, the only chance the Knicks have is that Jim Dolan in the next two years sells the team. And to be honest, in the next two months, sells the team. And honestly, LeBron's rich. Buy the Knicks and come play for it. <laughs> Player owner. I like it. I like that idea. That's really the only way I see it happening. So if LeBron buys the Knicks, yes, he will come play for him. Uh, Claudio, back to these NBA playoffs. I'm curious to know, um, obviously it looks like LeBron and company are going to keep rolling on, as will Boston. Uh, what are your thoughts for the rest of the playoffs and who ends up on top at the end of the, at the, end of the season? Well, it's funny. This year's been interesting. We've got to see a lot of young talent develop. We've got to see a lot of new teams emerge, like the Sixers and the Pelicans. And we got to see the Rockets have a fun regular season and James Harden is probably going to win the MVP and you got to see another great LeBron campaign and we got to see all these different things um, it's the Warriors who are going to win it all and they're probably going to win it easily and I, I've been saying it for a while the Warriors played the regular season like it was an exhibition and that's why Steph Curry took his time getting back and didn't break his neck trying to get back and any overreaction to how the Warriors played the regular season even though they won 68 games that's terrible um, <laughs> it's like that because that's the bad thing like this team should go for it 73 and 9 every year even though they know meaningless um, the Warriors are going to win it all and the fact that they got stepped back that just it kind of solidifies it for me I think out of respect to Houston and the coach that Mike D'Antoni is I will give the Rockets two games, but the fact that there is a scenario that the Rockets are going to have to go into Golden State down 3-2 in game six, they've got no chance to win that game. And I will give credit where credit is due. Houston's had a great season. Chris Paul will look, it looks like, will finally get to a conference final. But this is the Warriors' championship to win. They they changed the math. They took Harrison Barnes, who was already a decent NBA player, and turned him into Kevin Durant. (laughs) And added them to a 73 and 19. They're 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 a dynasty, and they're going to be for the next two or three years. It's just amazing when you think about the NBA playoffs and how good they've been. There's been a lot of uh, fun series, a lot of fun games, and a lot of interest and a lot of intrigue. And yet, everybody kind of already knows what's going to happen. It's it's amazing how great of a position and how, mm-hmm. how great of a shape the NBA is in right now, and even in the city that does not have an NBA, uh, an NBA team, I'm seeing lots of kids run around with Jason Tatum jerseys now. Yep. Before that, it was Steph Curry jerseys, and before that, it was LeBron James jerseys. And that's how you grow a sport is if you get the kids and you get the kids to be fans, that's how you, that's how you can really uh, you know, build, uh, build a league and, and build a franchise. Well, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of young talent, and, and the league is also – I think the biggest thing is when you compare it to the the mess that other leagues are in. Like baseball, 
I love baseball. Like, New York is kind of a baseball town. Like right now, we got the Mets and the Yankees. They're both playing. Well, the Mets are playing terribly, but they're in a decent spot. The Yankees are probably going to win 100 games this year. But baseball has so many problems with teams now trying to tank 162 game schedules that should be trying to at least win some of them. Um, you know, baseball has that problem. They're trying to change the pace of play by inventing new rules that are stupid. Football, I didn't want to get into that. There's so many things wrong with that league right now. Player safety and treatment of women and the national anthem, who knows. Like, there's so much going on there. And with basketball, it's the coolest league. It's the most popular sport right now. It's got the most player empowerment, which means the players are also the most able to look up to. You really don't have that many scandals in the NBA, and it helps that their best player is also a pretty decent human, as it seems, with all the, the work he's done in the Akron community and around the country and the ambassador he's been to the world for the NBA. So, I mean, you're right with your original point, like how we already know what's going to happen, and yet the league is still in good shape. LeBron's going to go through the exact same path that he did last year in the playoffs, in beating the Pacers, beating the Raptors, beating the Celtics, losing to the Warriors. Like, it's literally the exact same yeah. thing we saw last mm-hmm. year. And yet, it still feels like we had a different year in the NBA this year. And, and, and the ratings are still going to be high. Yep. They're, they're still yep. going to be high. People are still I'm go- watching. Yeah, I, 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 I know I'll be watching, too. I, I want to say the last time I did not watch an NBA Finals was in the early 2000s when it was between Detroit and San Antonio because both those teams were not exciting teams to watch at all. I think that was the last time I really didn't watch the NBA Finals. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I would say it's... I mean, we, go ahead. We, we had some boring years early early 2000s. Like The, the early 2000s had the Nets-Spurs series. Yeah. yeah. Which, <laughs> I, I mean, God bless New Jersey and, and all of the things that happened in New Jersey. Um, I... New Jersey shouldn't have professional sports in leagues. I mean, wow. Just, I hot mean, hot that's take. That's a New Yorker saying that. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm, imagine that the, the, the New Yorker is taking a big old dump on the state of New Jersey. I mean, that's where we put our trash anyway, so <laughs> might as well be. Saying, that's funny. You know, the best thing about New Jersey is that you can drive through it in less than three hours. <laughs> All that's good about New Jersey. Uh, Claudio, you are the very best, my friend. It is so good to hear your voice, and uh, hopefully we'll be meeting up when I head to New York this summer. And uh, the first round's on me, my friend. Absolutely, man. Good to talk. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Andrew. That is Andrew Claudio from the Nothing But Knicks podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Claudio underscore GSN. And, of course, you can download the podcast, I believe, at uh, Gotham SN, Gotham Sports Network. If you're interested in hearing about the New York Knicks, and everybody knows that St. Louis is a hotbed for New York Knicks fandom. (laughs) An NBA fandom. An M- well, I mean, actually, the NBA is bigger in St. Louis than what people think. I'm oh. not saying it's big. I'm just saying it's bigger than what people think. I'm just not sure how many people s- will say that the New York Knicks are their favorite team. I thought there were five people interested in the NBA. <laughs> I think there's ten now, according yeah. to Berger. It's, it doubled. There's actually more people. There's people, more people. I'm kidding. People are going to listen I'm to this kidding. podcast and become NBA fans. Yeah. Claudio will make you one. There you go. He will. With his, en- with he, his energy. Great is. energy. Love yeah, that guy. He, what a great interview. Claudio, yes. Andrew Claudio is absolutely, he's so awesome. I'm so glad that somehow he just started following me on Twitter. And this was when the whole Charles Oakley thing, when he got thrown out of Madison Square Garden. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure somebody that has like a Knicks podcast follows me on Twitter. I have no idea how it happened. So I sent him a direct message, 
And he's like, you want me to call into a radio station in St. Louis? And I'm like, yep. And he's like, okay. So he called in, and uh, Rocky and I were like, oh, this dude's awesome. And it was the same day that we had Bob Ramsey call in, and that was when the slew bus driver took the bus on a oh, on a yeah. drunken joyride. Yeah. So we had like the two biggest stories nationally in sports were what happened at the Garden with Charles Oakley, and then what happened with the slew bus. Uh, where was that? Like in Ohio? It was somewhere in the middle of nowhere. I, I thought it was like, like in what they like a temple? Were they in Philadelphia yeah. or something? I was say, I something thought it was like, like that. A city. So, yeah, so those were like the two biggest stories nationally, and we got Claudio to talk about that and, and the great uh, uh, Bob Ramsey to talk about SLU. So it was, it was fun. This has been fun. This has been fun. This has been fun. We are going to uh, wrap this up as soon as he gets our wrap-up music going. Come on, Hanselman. You got this, buddy. There we go. This is going to drop when? You guys tell me. Whenever it's ready. Yeah. As soon as it's ready. Whenever it's ready. Whenever it's ready. I'm thinking, <laughs> I think we'll throw it down Tuesday morning. Tuesday. You're listening to the Last Man Up podcast, part of the St. Louis Podcast Network, stlpodcast.com. Talk to you on the flip side. Talk to you on the flip side.